Worldwide parent coach and conscious educator, Sue DeCaro, is on a mission to revitalize the joy in parenting. Welcome to Conscious Parents, Thriving Kids, a podcast designed to help parents all over the world create deeper connections with themselves and their children while overcoming life's daily parenting challenges. Listen in if you want to bring more laughter, love, and enjoyment to your home life. Welcome to Conscious Parents Thriving Kids, a place for all things parenting. I am your host, Sue DeCaro. I am thrilled to have the honor to introduce my special guest on this episode, Bridget Miller. Bridget is a preschool and elementary teacher, remedial therapist, presenter, and parent consultant. She is an authorized facilitator of the Newfeld Institute. Bridget combines almost two decades of personal experience as a teacher and parent to support adults to nurture the children in their lives using their heads and their hearts. Born and raised in South Africa, she now resides with her husband and two daughters in Canada. Bridget, welcome. I'm so excited to speak with you and talk about the amazing release of your new book. Hi, Sue. Thank you so much for the invitation. I'm really excited to finally speak to you. Well, I think so many of our listeners will benefit from your incredible wisdom. And with that, let's dive into your wisdom and talk about some of the key aspects about parenting. I think one of the, the important things that we can bring out is the fact that our children's behaviors are forms of communication, right? And as parents, can you talk a little bit about how important it is for us to separate ourselves from our kids and their behaviors from a personal standpoint? Yes, well, I love that you started from that place of understanding that all behavior is communication. And as parents or caring adults, it's really our work to try and understand what it is they're trying to communicate through their behaviors. It can be the very thing that triggers in us um, what I refer to as reactions as opposed to responses. But I found over my years as both a teacher and as a parent, when I understand more about where behavior is coming from, it feels a lot less personal and it's not as triggering. And I think that's what has kind of led me to this place of wanting to share not only the developmental science side of things, but also how that can naturally lead us into becoming more conscious and aware as parents. Absolutely. And I think you hit on something really important. The difference between a reaction and response is huge, right? When we're reacting to our children's behavior, it's very different than when we're responding to our children's behavior. Would you like to share a little bit more about that? Yes, well, I consider a reaction to be coming from a place of blindness. You know, we see something and we try and jump onto it in order to make it stop. Um, I feel like it's, it's coming from a place of fear, often because we don't understand where the behavior is coming from, or it could be coming from a place inside of us where we are unsettled by it because of our own past experiences. And whenever we react, we lose the opportunity to do exactly what we're trying to or hoping to do, which is to, to lead and to guide. And I think that's why it becomes so important for us to, to slow ourselves down and also to remember we don't have to fix everything in the moment. When we can put a bit of a pause between seeing and doing, we shift ourselves into a place where we're able to respond very often to the need that's driving the behavior rather than trying to control the child and change the way they are. 
Absolutely. Such important uh, information. And I think the fixing is something that parents think that they should be doing, that we should fix the behavior, we should change the situation. And many times that's where they're reacting from, right? Is quickly shut it down so we don't have to experience that place of discomfort. Because let's face it, sometimes our children's behavior is very uncomfortable. Adults' behavior is uncomfortable too sometimes. And that's really about, you know, what you mentioned, the triggers, things within us that may be triggered by what's happening outside of us, right? Yes, and it requires a great deal of courage and vulnerability for us as parents to be able to look at what's unfolding in front of us and see that this isn't actually all about us. Um, the behavior that's coming to us is that, that communication. And like you've already beautifully said, we don't have to fix it. Um, what we do have to do is to hold space for it and take the responsibility of helping our children move through it. But fixing really isn't at the top of the agenda because it's not ours to fix. I love that. I love that. It, it isn't ours to fix. And isn't that a disservice if we try to fix or change our child's behavior as opposed to allow them to move through what they need to move through in their own emotional way? And guide, oh, yes. as you said, guide and lead, which I love those two words, lead them through it, help them, support them, walk next to them, as opposed to change the direction of what's happening. Yes, or join them in it. You Enjoy. know, a lot of our, <laughs> our adult tantrums come out because we meet children with the same energy that they're putting out, and then we both get stuck. Right. Right. Exactly. I, Dan Siegel has a beautiful quote, and I, I don't want to miss phrase it, but about joining your child in the high intensity, high emotional state that they're in only creates two people in this high emotional state for a longer period of time than what needs to be. So we don't want to join our children yes. where they are when they're having, um, you know, a high intensity behavior. No, because they're looking to us, they're counting on us to help them through it. You know, especially when we're talking about children, they, they are immature because they're supposed to be and, right. and when we we stoop down to that same level we're joining them in a place that we've hopefully moved on from but Absolutely. if we're getting stuck in it that becomes that invitation to have a look at what's going on inside of ourselves and it becomes the invitation to grow up alongside them Absolutely. And there are mirrors, right, to our undeveloped selves. They help us to see ourselves more clearly and where we need to grow. Yes, yes. And, and they shine a very bright light on the things that we've maybe been able to avoid. They sure do. Sometimes we don't <laughs> like that bright light, but it's super important that we dive in and, and look inside of ourselves. Absolutely. Thank you for bringing no, that up. We, we have to. We have to appreciate the parenting experience as an, an opportunity for lots of discomfort. There's plenty of joy, but the discomfort that comes with it is there to serve a really valuable purpose. I, I couldn't agree with you more. And I know I wouldn't be where I am today if I didn't learn from my children and, and grow through the raising of them, the raising of myself as well. So it's, mm -hmm. it's absolutely essential. So with that, I am thinking about the need sometimes as a parent to feel that personal attack or taking everything personally that children, um, you know, bring to, to life. And sometimes the most uncomfortable behavior, you know, let's say a child is having, you know, one of the worst tantrums that we've ever seen. 
And it's very hard for us as parents sometimes to, to be near that, to be with that, and we feel responsible for that. And we've talked a little bit about not fixing it, but I think what I want to highlight now and have you maybe share some of your thoughts on is what is this need coming from the child? You know, we want to remove ourselves from, let's say, the biggest tantrum, right? Who doesn't want to run? We all want to run. Oh, we but all that's not run. what our children need. Can you talk a little bit about, you know, some, I mean, I want to call it like the worst behavior, um, mm-hmm. quote unquote worse, mm-hmm. because, you know, really behaviors, behaviors, behavior, mm-hmm. and it's all communicating something. So when our children are acting at a high intensity, let's call it, what are they communicating as a whole? I think the biggest thing to remember in those moments is they're, they're throwing it out there that they need our help. The bigger the behavior, the more out of control it is, the more attention we should be giving it. And when I say attention, I mean we need to be cueing into the fact that this is not a child who is out to get us. This is a child who's in a space where they can't do any better than they currently are. And to expect them to pull it together or to hear our logic and reasoning in that moment is is not only unreasonable on our part, but they're not capable of doing it in that moment. So our job is to let our hearts go out to them. When we're in that space of having a child tantruming, of course it's uncomfortable. Of course we want to make it stop. But anything that we do to try and make it stop is going to be exerting some sort of force or control as opposed to accepting that right now this is what's happening and I need to be there for my child in a way that they can move those emotions out instead of trying to suppress them in. That's beautiful. And to know that in in that space, if we're reacting, very often it's because we're reacting from a wounded place in ourselves and it never goes well from there. It sure doesn't. So would you be able to share a few techniques that come to your mind or perhaps that you've written about that will help those that are listening with the idea of supporting a child in this you know big behavior this intensity what are a couple of tips that you could offer our our listeners today in terms of how they can keep themselves separate you know not take that personal uh connection to whatever behavior is in front of them and be able to be present for their child yes well the word that i would use as opposed to a technique is is i can offer parents pointers Mm-hmm. Because the minute we try and use a technique, what we're doing is using something that worked on somebody else's child, and we try and apply it to our unique child in very unique circumstances and context. So the starting place for me is always to what I've just mentioned, let my heart go out to my child. When I can see her as having a much harder time in this moment than I am, that softens my response because it draws out my caring and I want to help her. So rather than trying to grapple for some power over her and threatening that if you don't stop, then this is going to happen, or if you don't do this, then that, which would would lead me astray and throw me off into a ditch, I try and hold space in the sense of maybe sometimes putting words to whatever I'm seeing. So I can see you're really mad with mummy, or you must be really frustrated right now. But I caution parents as well, sometimes fewer words are better. That's where you have to get very good at reading your situation and knowing your own child. What works on one would probably backfire on another. 
So a child who's in the throes of a temper tantrum is just letting us know that something is very uncomfortable for them emotionally. Young children, particularly before the age of five, are in a, in a developmental place where they can't contain their upset and frustration in those moments. They are moved to act out exactly where, the way they feel, and they also say whatever it is they think. So that's when their behavior can become very abrasive and it can feel very personal. But in those moments, to just back off a bit, hold that space, sometimes you can put words to it. Like I said, you're really frustrated now, you're really mad. But don't think that that's going to change the way they're feeling. What frustration needs to do is move through the system in a way that it can be expressed rather than depressed. So holding that space, being okay with what is, but also knowing it's our responsibility to keep our child safe. So we don't want to just be so okay with frustration that we allow them to throw things or kick or hit a little brother or lash out. So, so our communication in the way that we, we approach it, it might be with words, but it could also be with our energy. And what we are saying in those moments is, yes, you are frustrated. Yes, it needs to come out. And here, let me help you. Beautiful. I love how you call these pointers. And, and yes, I absolutely agree. Each child is, is unique and needs something different during these times. And reading, I mean, I think one of the, the biggest pointers that you shared moving to the top of the list is really being able to read the situation and know your child or get to know your child. As you see these frustrating moments for your child come through, see what seems to help your child best in working through them, what pointers, as you said, really mm -hmm. guide them. I, I have two uh, grown children now, two, two girls, but I can remember when my youngest was, um, was much younger, she would have um, explosions where she would just need to cry hysterically. Uh, one might say, you know, cry as if somebody had died. It was that kind of intense mm -hmm. crying. She needed to do it privately in her own room. It took me a while to figure this out, but she didn't want to be disturbed, you know, and mm -hmm. we try to hold space and be there for our kids and, and even just sit and with silence and presence can be helpful. But in this particular case, I was able to read, you know, my daughter's need and allow her the time to move through the hysteria and then be able to come to her with, with presence and, and yes. comfort and compassion to wherever she was at that time. No one got hurt. But I think what you shared about really reading the situation and knowing your child becomes so important in really being the support system and having the, you know, the, the pointers for that particular child. Oh, Sue, there's so many things in there that I could talk to you about all day. I just love the way that you've put that. I think also in that moment to just accept that this is what it is. Like, yes. of course, you don't want your child to be having the tantrum, but right now they're having their tantrum. They need to have their tantrum for their own reasons. And when we can sort of let go that we wish it would be another way, we actually reduce the struggle inside ourselves because we accept it for what it is. It doesn't mean we don't do anything, but it means we don't resist what's unfolding in front of us. And then our path opens up as to what it is we can do and how we can be there for them. 
Absolutely. And, and isn't this all about helping our children to thrive? You know, when I think back to these moments, and, and she's still somewhat like that, and she's 22 now, that she needs her space to mm-hmm. let the emotions out. That's, for me, giving her the opportunity to, you know, thrive in a way, because once she moves through that, she's in a different space, and she needs to move through that in her own way, as many kids do. Many kids need to move through it in a way that serves them. And this is about creating conditions for our children to thrive and grow in what supports them, not us. Correct? That's right. We have to let go of our own agenda, you know, and to think that they need to do it in a way that maybe we would do what would serve us and be helpful. Um, For some children, having these big emotions, it's far too vulnerable to do it in the presence of another even if that person is just holding space for them. And that's why knowing who your child is, is going to inform you in terms of what it is that's needed from you. Being with a child who who can't have their big feelings with someone is not going to serve them. And I think it all boils down to reading the child, watching the child, observing the child, being present for the child, seeing each unique child in your home that you, you know, are raising or teaching as they are right absolutely and that's i mean that's the 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 the, the, on on my book cover that part (laughs) of the title is how to see them so you know what to do for them so i'm glad you mentioned the title tell us a little bit about your book and um what what drove you to write this book and why it's so important for the world to read it well the title is what young children need you to know how to see them so you know what to do for them. And the first thing I should say is don't be misled by the word young on the cover, because although I've I've positioned it for parents of young children, everything inside this book speaks to everybody of every age. Um, One of the things that Gordon Neufeld often says is, we all grow older, we don't all grow up. (laughs) And so, Love that. Everything in here. Well, that's one of my favorite things. I mean, he says a lot of things that I absolutely love, but that one really resonated with me because it makes perfect sense. Um, when I offer courses and things, parents often spend time and they, they arrive thinking they're here to figure out their kids. And when they leave, the feedback I often get is, I understand myself so much better now because we all have this child inside of us. And maybe we, we didn't get the invitation patients we needed when we were children and now being the presence of our children we we get the chance to go back and relook at things and we show up for them in ways that we couldn't do for ourselves it's the love we have for them that leads us there for sure so so much healing oh my gosh yes if you're open to it so well, so the way i've written it is um it's, it's designed in a way that it's a quick and easy read. There are 55 short chapters, so each one's only two or three pages long. And it's broken down from a perspective of a child. It gives a statement from a child of what they would like us to know. And then I share a bit of conversation, but developmental science as to what's driving behavior. And then there's a little chapter that says, here's what you can do. And when I unpack that, it's not a technique. It's very much a way of how to see your child so that you can be with them. And then at the end of every chapter is a little affirmation just for parents to cling to in those moments when they don't know what to do. 
it can trigger inside of them that inner knowing that they forget because they're in a state of panic. And having read the book, Bridget, I can attest to the fact that it is a, an easy but engaging read. And by engaging, I mean that the perspective of the child is so incredible to read through and then, you know, shifting that and offering um, some pointers, as you so beautifully call them, um, and, the, and the beautiful affirmation. Where was this book when my kids were young? <laughs> well, I don't know, A Sue. long time ago. <laughs> you know, I think everything in here, people, a lot of it people already know. But there are so many different sources out there with other information that we just go into a place of overload. And when you read it, if it resonates with you, it's because you already know it. But it's a really quick and easy way to come back because it's divided into a whole lot of topics. And the theme is connection all the way through. How to respond in a way that we're going to deepen the connection which is what we're all hoping to do with our children because it will be with us for our lifetime and beyond. Absolutely. And, and the perspective, the way you write it from a perspective of a child, you know, through the chapters is such a great way for parents to kind of hear that voice that we know is there, but we're not necessarily in those moments paying attention to it. So I, I have to say it's, you know, one of the best books I've read, Bridget, and thank you so much for bringing it to life. I'm sure it was a birthing process of sorts and uh, really bringing this gem and gift to the world. And to those of you listening, I can't recommend it more. And I will be certainly promoting and sharing along with Bridget to support uh, this beautiful book that she's bringing out to the world. Oh, thank you. That's really kind of you to say. Thank you, Sue. I, I, I always say to people that this book came through me. Like, even when I read it, I go, oh, my gosh, <laughs> really? Did you say that? <laughs> I don't actually think it was me, but the, the stories and examples are all real life me. But I think everybody, well, I hope everybody will be able to see themselves in there because we're all just finding our own way. Absolutely. I think we will all see ourselves. You know, my kids, again, are grown, but I saw lots of different things that I experienced years ago and things that I still experience with my kids. And so I, I think that the fact that it came through you like that just brings out the authenticity of what you've written and shared. And it's, it's just beautiful. So thank, thank you so you. much. Is there anything else you'd like to share with our listeners? Um, anywhere that they can go to purchase your book? that you know of at this point in time? Um, yes, well, the release is happening on May the 4th and it's available anywhere that you would buy good books online. Um, people are also welcome to visit me on my website, which is my name, bridgetmiller.com. And on there, there's actually a free download of the, the introduction, um, the list of contents and the first five chapters just to get a sense of what's inside it. I'm a big believer in not spending my money until I know it's something that I really love and want. And I hope this will give people an opportunity to take a glimpse inside and then decide if it's right for them. And That's then cool. on social media, there's also um, two different places. My one page is look with love Bridget. And the other one is parenting with intention on both Facebook and Instagram. Beautiful. What a generous offer for the first five chapters for free that's that's really kind of you 
and uh, you don't disappoint. Let me just add that. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> well, thank you for being here with me on this episode and sharing uh, this gem with us and our listeners so that people can uh, learn a little bit more about you and your thoughts and your, and your book as well. Well, thank you for having me, Sue, and thank you for all that you're doing to put so much wisdom and goodness out into the world. Well, I appreciate that. And to our listeners, thank you so much for joining us. And remember, every moment is a new moment for Conscious Connections. Thanks for listening to Conscious Parents, Thriving Kids. If you like what you heard, the best compliment you can give us is to share this podcast with a friend. And be sure to give us some stars and a favorable review at Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen in.